Say it, Dennis. Ephesian. It's been a long day. <laughs> we're in chapter 5. I believe we're ready for verse 13. <clears throat> Just a <clears throat> quick review. And, you know, I, I had a thought too today. <clears throat> we were, well, Tyler and Nathan and I were elk hunting. We were talking about some things and some things we ran into. Can I can I encourage you to always just try to figure out how to keep a balance I in your Christian walk? Uh, I mean, we were we were just talking about uh, preachers. I can do that since I am one. But uh, how guys can just get caught up in such silly things. You know, and um, we were talking about one guy that won't have a Christmas tree or um, it, it's it's paganistic. And um, so will not celebrate Christmas, doesn't celebrate, you know, anyway, it's just um, <clears throat> we just have to figure out how to keep a balance in things. I, I think that, you know, um, Halloween's coming. I, I don't, we, we just never have done much with that one. That, that one just seems to be a little bit more on the satanic side of things, you know, but uh, celebrating the dead. Um, but Christmas, come on. Man, that was Jesus' birthday. Let's leave that alone. And uh, But we can, and, and even, you know, your social media, you're going to have people just pounding you not to do anything for Halloween and I just, I don't know. How many here, back in the day, I remember back in the day, uh, churches had costume parties, you know, and we, you know, we were part of those kinds of things, and anyways, it's, some of it's what you make of it. Just learn how to have a balance on things. I was on a conversation today with my cousin, who's a pastor, and we were just talking about uh, dress attire, you know, for church and that kind of thing. And we just have to um, know what we believe and do what we, we think that we ought to and leave it there and not be concerned about what other people think, right? So uh, I've seen preachers get so legalistic that if you're preaching in his pulpit, you, you're always going to have a tie on, you're going to have a coat on, and you're going to wear a white shirt. Yes, I'm, I've seen it where you're, it's going to be a long sleeve white shirt. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, we can, we can really, you know, get that way. Then you can swing the pendulum all the way over with the skinny jeans and the silk shirts and uh, rock star mentality, you know. And uh, anyway balance in all things you know balance raising your kids you know the, your, your kids are going to do some dumb things along the way you, you can't expect them to be perfect and so you deal with those issues when they come and and have some balance in your life and and learn how to in all of that just uh, keep God first right <clears throat> because we get into chapter five and and we've been dealing with living a separated life I mean, we're we're bombarded all the time with the world and the behavior of the world and trying to influence us and acting the same way and doing the same things and and God shown us has shown us in here that we don't do that. The 
Be an imitator of God, verses 1 and 2. We saw that. Uh, separate from the wicked, verses 3 through 5. Stop representing the world in verses 6 through 12. And, and so um, <clears throat> that's where we had stopped. And, and now we get into verse 13, and we'll go through verse 21. And, and uh, uh, living by the light of the word is what we ought to be doing. And so let, let the word of God be our, the, the one that dictates to us what we do and how we go about living that way and, and doing those things. And why? Because it, it tells us here in verse 13, but all things that are reproved, and, and that word reproved has the idea of bringing it to light. They've, they've been exposed, okay? The, whether it's right or whether it's wrong, it's been exposed by the word, right? Uh, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. And, and so they have been seen and displayed uh, by the light, and the light is God's word. And so in uh, all that we're doing, we need to allow the word of God to uh, expose those things. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. And, and so what, what brings uh, all, all of this to where we can see it is light. And so that, that is what we want. We, we want we, we want our deeds to be uh, exposed by the Word of God. We want to compare what we're doing to the Word of God. We, we want to come to the light. As, as believers, we're, we're not ashamed of the light, and, and we're not afraid of the light. We, we want to be in the light, and, and it's there that um, God can see our hearts in the right place. And if our heart's in the right place, our works then will be uh, shown by the word of God compared to it. And, and we know whether we need to change some things in that, but it, it's all by the light, by the word of God. And that's why when we read like Psalm 119, 105, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. And uh, allow the word of God to be that. In Psalm 119 and verse 130, the entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. <clears throat> Hebrews 4, we look at this uh, quite often, verses 12 and 13. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discoverer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And so it's the word of God that uh, <clears throat> brings to light and, and makes manifest all things. And uh, remember, I, I know you've, you've read this verse many times too, over in, in uh, John chapter 3. And uh, obviously we know John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that... Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But then he goes on in <clears throat> verse 17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But then he says in verse 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And 
That's why. I mean, you think about it. You think about our world today, and and uh, there isn't the the hatred towards the other religions like there is Christianity. Why is that? Because there's one true light, and Jesus is that true light, and and He manifests and brings things to light, and and people can see whether their deeds are good or whether they're evil, and and people do not like to hear that in their own. Um, sinful nature, they would rather think that all things are okay. That's why everything keeps, they keep trying to redefine everything, but the truth is the truth, and it always reveals what's fake out there. Romans 13, 12 says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. And so let's uh, hold it up to the word of God. He Paul wrote to the the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18, and he said, But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. When when we are looking in the Word of God and we're allowing the Word of God reveal to us what's good, what's right in our hearts and our lives, and uh, also reproving us and exposing the things that are not, and we get those right with God and we confess those things to God, then we, we find out that we are uh, changed into his image. And slowly we continue to be more Christ-like uh, in our lives as we let the word of God do the work in our hearts that it ought to. That's why, that's why I'm always telling you, you have to stay in the word of God. You, you need to be in the word every day and allowing God to, to work in your life through the power of the word of God. And then be a light as you go out. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but <clears throat> on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so... Let, let's be that kind of a light as individuals. We ought to be that as a church. We need to stand for uh, what the Word of God says and, and uh, uh, allow the Word of God to expose what's right, what's wrong, and that's how we determine what we do. And then he goes on, <clears throat> and so we get to verse 14. And so because of this, and, and letting the Word of God do the work that it ought to, wherefore, so... For which reason, because of the word revealing and bringing things to light, wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest. Well, we're talking about that, that, word, that word sleep there means spiritually dead and arise from the dead. And so we're not talking about believers here. We're talking about uh, so, so we know and understand the word of God and it exposes things when when, when it comes to the heart of an unsaved person and exposes that to them, then God is commanding them that they need to wake up and, and, and uh, raise up and, and understand that, that you need to get out of your, your spiritual deadness and arise and wake up from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. And so how important it is then that, that uh, unsaved need to hear the word of God, they need to hear that they need to be saved, and God wants to use us to do that. We, we need to do it in a loving way, but we really do need to be 
confronting people about their salvation and making certain that they know Christ is their Savior. Look, start with your own family. There is nothing wrong with setting your kids down and and asking them about salvation and making certain that they've trusted Christ as their Savior, making certain that they don't have questions. Maybe they're Maybe they have some questions and they're just waiting to be, you know, to somebody to help them with that. And so uh, do so and get it right. And, and so here we see salvation then in verse 14. And then after that, then we see walking in the light. It says in verse 15 then, see then. And this is a, this is a command, behold, okay? You need, to, you need to be paying attention to, to your surroundings and... and uh, uh, direct one's attention and consider and regard your your walk and see then that you walk that you conduct your life that you are living in a way that is that that you are behaving circumspectly and carefully paying close attention you know i i um, <clears throat> mentioned this uh, many times but i'm sure that if I told you that uh, Nelson and I were were out rattlesnake hunting today, and we we actually caught like fifty big old rattlesnakes and put them in a barrel, and the thing that we didn't tell you is that uh, right before church we dumped that barrel over on accident right outside here, and so there's fifty rattlesnakes right outside here. I'm sure that if that really happened, you would walk circumspectly to your car, wouldn't you? And you, you would, yeah, some of you might not leave. <laughs> and so, um, but that, that is what it's talking about, walking carefully. I, I mean, what, what's wrong with praying and asking God, Lord, I've made this decision and I'm planning on doing this, but is this exactly, is, is this right? You know, is this the right decision? I, am I... Uh, am I doing something that's not biblical here, or uh, what is it? And, and uh, seek God's wisdom in that, and just make sure that that we are walking accurately and and carefully according uh, to the Word of God. Why? Because we do not we 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 want to walk circumspectly because we don't want to walk as fools, and but we do want to walk as wise, right? The, the foolish are the ones that just walk however way that they want. And Paul told the Colossians in Colossians 4 and verse 5, he said, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Ecclesiastes 2, in the middle part of verse 14, it says, the fool walketh in darkness. You know, it tells us also, Paul did to the Corinthians, that that uh, the unsaved are blinded by the devil, and and they're they're walking around, and and there were many places. And I can't remember which uh, New Testament book it was. Paul also said that that uh, the Pharisees were blind, and here they are. They're, you know, I think it was Jesus actually that said it in the Gospels that that they're blind themselves and putting rules on other men and and leading them in their blindness also, but. But we do not want to do that. We want to walk as wise, as it says. In Proverbs 1, in verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know, the world's view of wisdom is, is uh, just an application of their own knowledge. But 
a biblical wisdom is an application of God's Word, and it directs us in how we ought to conduct our lives, and we need to do it that way. I mean, we, we have to get past the point of, well, this is the way I do things, and, and instead, okay, maybe that is the way you do things, so why don't you compare that to the Word of God, and let's make sure that what you're doing is, is uh, accurate according to the Word of God, and pay attention to that. And then he goes on with this, and as we're living in the light of the Word, then we, the salvation in verse 14, um, 13 manifests, the light manifests what we're doing, right? If it reveals that someone is unsaved, then verse 14, they need to be saved. And then once we're saved, then we need to walk circumspectly as, as the Word of God tells us to. And, and, and that's a present tense where you need to continuously be doing that and and then we also see in verse 16 then that we need to redeem the time, redeeming the time, buy up for oneself. That's what redemption always means. It, it means to, uh, to buy up and, and to pay for, and, and our redemption was paid for by the blood of Christ, right? Well, here he tells us as believers then that, that we need to be uh, redeeming the time, buying up the opportunities that we have. And so we need to be making the most of those opportunities. And, and let's make sure that we're not wasting our time chasing the American dream instead of chasing God's will for our lives. So, so often we can get so caught up in what the world is, is offering that we, we forget that our opportunities are here to serve God. And we need to do so. And, and so he says, redeeming the time, Why? Because the days are evil. Boy, aren't they? I mean, look at verse 13 in chapter 6 of Ephesians. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. I mean, that, that is what our world needs today. That is what our country needs today. That's what our community needs today, are for people to stand up according to the biblical principles that God has given us, and live according to the promises that he has laid out for each one of us as believers today and, and walk according to that and, and, and redeeming the time and looking for the opportunities to give praise and honor and glory to God and encourage believers to walk in the Spirit and to uh, encourage those who are not to wake up and get out of your, your really get out of your your deadness and wake up to Christ and trust him as your savior and there's a lot of work to do and and there's many people out there that are good people but they're on their way to hell and we need to be willing and loving enough to tell them about Jesus and to live according to the word and redeeming the time and then he goes on in verse 17 and 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 here wherefore so uh, what he's going to do now is command, command the Ephesians to stop being unwise. Wherefore, be ye not unwise. Stop being foolish. Stop walking around living your life with no sense, according to the word. Tells us in Luke 12, verse 20 and 21, But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall these things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. 
I, I mean, there, there are plenty of fools out there. Let us walk as wise. He, he tells us in, uh, uh, throughout the Scripture of how important it is to walk according to the Word of God and, and understanding. And so, wherefore, be ye not unwise. If you are redeeming the time in a godly way, then you are walking as wise. If you're not, then you are uh, uh, walking as fools in verse 15. And, and so he's telling them, those that were then to, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We need to comprehend what it is that, that God wants. When we find that and we understand that, then it gives us a peace in our heart. And it really gives us a sense of comfort that, that you do not have if you're not living according to God's will in your life. And so stop being unwise and rather understand what the will of the Lord is uh, in, in your life. And so uh, gain an insight into what the will of the Lord is. And, you know, a foolish person will try to accomplish everyday life apart from God's will. But a wise person, a Christian, who, who will uh, stand and gain the insight into God and His will, he's going to be constant, he's going to be steady in his growth, and he's going to be the faithful believer that God wants him to be. And so, in this passage, how does that come? It comes through salvation. It comes by being sanctified by God, submitting to God's teaching, God's Word. Sometimes it's through suffering and trials that that God places in our lives. It's by being thankful in, in our lives and, and being as Christ and, and acting like we should. And so, you know what? We could go on, but I think I'll stop here because then we're, we're going to get into the next set here of, of, well, you know what? We can get it done. Let's do this. And so more practices of what we ought to do. And so, and be not drunk with wine. Obviously, they were. It was another command. Stop getting drunk. I, I, I'm telling you, nothing good comes from alcohol. Nothing. I, I don't care. You can have some, you can have one of those skinny jean, silk-wearing t-shirt preachers get up and tell you it's okay, and, and he has no clue the devastation that alcohol causes. I mean, I, I've been dealing with that in counseling just this week, trying to destroy a family. And so, how many families are being destroyed by that junk? And so, just don't be drunk, okay? Stop. Don't, don't come to me and say, well, a little bit's okay. We'll just gargle with a little bit of gasoline, too. That'll be okay, too. And be not drunk with wine. Wherein is excess? Where is debauchery, riotous living? That's what it's saying. And that's all it brings. But be filled with the Spirit. That, that's what we need to be focused on. So many want to argue about the, the good things about alcohol. Give me a break. Why, why don't you read the rest of that verse and quit telling me that, that, well, a little bit is going to be okay. Well, why don't you just forget it right now about any kind of alcohol, and why don't we work on just having a little bit of the Holy Spirit? And, and, and let's work on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let, let's be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. And and letting him uh, take our lives and, and use us in a, in a, in a great way. And, and uh, so uh, we need to understand that the, the Spirit of God indwells every one of us wholly. 
You understand that? W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy, right? It, it, he's complete, all right? We have all the Holy Spirit we're ever going to get. You, you don't get some special second anointing along the way somewhere. You don't, you don't get some whimsical wind flying through and all of a sudden a double dose of the Holy Spirit is upon your life. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity and he indwells in the life of every believer. Being filled with the Spirit then is allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you in everything that you do. Every thought that you have, every motion that you are carrying out, every motive that you might have, every thought ought to be controlled by him. And if you are completely filled with the Spirit, then, then you'll find that you will be thinking as God wants you to think. Now, that's the challenge. We have that sinful nature. We, we, have, the, we, we have all of the, the, the messes that come and the, the fires that jump every, at us everywhere and trying to distract us along the way. But if, if we will stay right with God and, and being filled with the Spirit, we, we will be the husband we need to be, the wife you need to be, We'll have the right wisdom in how to deal with our children at the right time. We'll know how to deal with coworkers. We'll know how to deal with those in society. We'll know how to handle the challenges that come when you see things on the news. I mean, all of those things, you, you will be able to handle those things when you are filled with the Spirit of God. And so it is a continuous process. So how do you keep that? Well, 1 John 1, 9, confess. When, when you mess up and in your life, confess and put away all known sin. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us there that we need to be completely yielded to his control. Just yield to him and, and allow him to do what he wants to do in our lives. Colossians three sixteen, let the word of God dwell in you richly. So, Listen to what God's Word says and be applying it to your lives. And Galatians 2.20, empty yourself of yourself and let God have you and do with you what it is that He wants to do with you and trust Him. And how do you go about doing those things and keeping your minds on those things? Well, speaking to yourselves in Psalms. That's the, the Psalms that we have right here. So learn those psalms, read those psalms, apply those psalms to your lives. Hymns, we have hymns in our hymn book. That, that Those are, are songs that, that uh, uh, are non-inspired, but they ascribe worship and praise directly to God. And, then, and also singing spiritual songs. And th those could be compositions of a, uh, of a spiritual theme. And so all of those things, you're, you're keeping your heart and your mind on the spiritual things instead of the worldly things that are out there, singing and making melody in your heart to God. You see, God's created us for that. God's created us to worship Him and to honor Him, and so let's do so. Let, let's do so by singing those psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and singing and making melody in our hearts to God. And all of that stems from a thankful heart, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we need to learn to do that better sometimes. I think we, we let the world just take over and, and, and affect our attitudes far too many times. 
And instead, we ought to wake up and throughout the day be giving thanks to God for all the good things that he's doing for us. And he says, giving thanks always for all things, even the crazy things that are happening. Lord, thank you for letting us live in an opportunity where where many people are open to the gospel. I mean, I, I just heard somebody say today that 40% of Americans, we're not talking about spiritual, we're just talking about all Americans, 40% of Americans believe that we're living in what will be considered some type of end times. 40% of Americans. I mean, that that's a, do you understand the great opportunity we have? We have the answer. We, we know what's going to happen, and we can tell them, and we just ought to give thanks for all things. And then the last thing, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. You know what that has the idea? It, 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 and, I, and, I, and I wrote it down, uh, bring into compliance, okay? You, you just need to bring into compliance your heart and allow God to have it and control it. Let him control your thoughts. Let him control your actions. Let, let him control your spouse. You can't. He can. Let him have that. And, and, and just give it all to him and just make sure that you are coming into compliance with him, submitting yourselves unto God. And so do it together as, as a church body. And then we'll get into the relationships now uh, when we come back. And I find it powerful you guys go ahead and read this, the rest of that chapter with the husband and the wife. I'm, I'm telling you that, that if, if your marriage isn't right, then our church isn't right. Your marriage will affect the church family. I mean, that's a huge responsibility that we have to make certain that our marriage is what it ought to be, our family is what it ought to be, because... As the family goes, so goes the church, and then goes the country. And so let's be careful with that. And go ahead and read that, and you'll, you'll see what I'm saying there when Christ talks about sanctifying and, and cleansing it. So let's pray, and I pray it's been a challenge tonight. Father, I pray that you help us. Help us, Lord, to, to walk in the power of the Spirit. Help us be filled with your Spirit. Just help us to get rid of so much of the trash that's in our minds and just live in a way that is honorable and, and pleasing and biblical and, and proper. And I pray that you encourage each one who's here tonight. Bless us this evening. Take us home safely. Bring us back when the doors are open and use us throughout the community. In Jesus' name, amen.